This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hey everyone, I am so excited. This is episode 50. This is the final episode of 2020. You're bringing out the year. This is my friend Kenny Hyder, and thank you so much for bringing out the year. How, how's it going? How you doing? Oof, glad this year is uh, finally over. Not that you know the annual calendar changes anything, but hopefully, uh, looking up into next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Jewish calendar, there was this whole thing of how things would be better when when that happens in the the lunar year in like September. And you're right, <laughs> we're not really sure. But I think there's there's stuff starting to look a little bit better, I, I, I would like to think. So yeah, yeah, hopefully the calendar year, it, it is more than symbolism here. Right, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so thank you so much for joining. Um, talk, talk to me, where are you from and what, what's, what's going on in your world? Uh, so I'm from San Diego originally. And um, I currently live in downtown Los Angeles. I've been here for about six years. Previous to that, I spent 11 years in Santa Barbara, uh, which is a beautiful place, but it's also very small. So it's good to be um, in a real city. It comes to the point where you know you want to be around adults, and Santa Barbara is kind of a college town. So it was, hit a critical mass, and I had to get out of there at one point. But <clears throat> yeah, just um, you know, SoCal native and. Uh, you know, I, I understand a lot of people, actually a lot of my friends are kind of naysayers on California, which I, you know, I understand, but you know, my family's here and it was 84 degrees yesterday. So, uh, I'm just yeah. laughing at everyone opening their doors to foots full of snow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We, we, it's funny. I had a dentist appointment this morning. Thank God I can talk now. But, um, one of the things that they, they kept texting me, can you come, can you come, can you come? And they were like, you know, they wanted it a lot more than 24 hours in advance. And I said, well, right. I don't know if my driveway is like, I don't know if I'm going to slip when I walk outside. <laughs> you know, you don't right. have those challenges. No. Yeah. So talk. So tell me a little bit about about where you are, like, you know, career wise, what you do. And if you have a story to that, I, you know, Kenny and I know each other sure. for a long time. We've actually met in the search engine space. So I, I'm I, I'm jumping the gun here, but. Um, I don't know this this stuff about you, so you know I'm yeah. coming. I'm coming here. Like I, it's interesting. I know some marketing guys, and then they're like, "Oh, I came from um, Nick Ayers. He he. I did something a few weeks ago uh, with him, and he's like, oh, I'm a musician who became a marketer.' And I'm like, "Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah. So like, it's going to be interesting, interesting to kind of learn a little bit about like your your story and how where yeah. where you've come from and how, where you are today in that context. Yeah, absolutely. So. You know, in high school, I was a pretty nerdy kid. Um, you know, my schedule is always full of AP classes and all that sort of stuff. And um, you know, had high uh, expectations of myself for you know a college career and all of that sort of thing. And uh, at one point, you know, was thinking I would go to college and study pure math and uh, you know do a real nerdy route. But then. Um, I, I remember very distinctly actually one time sitting down with my parents and talking about college options and I was sending out applications and my dad looks at me and he goes, so how are you going to pay for college? And I was like, oh, uh, what? <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, you could take out a loan or, you know, do this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. And, you know, at the time being, you know, 17, 18, thinking about taking out a loan, which I'd never done in my life uh, for 
more money than I'd ever thought of uh, didn't seem like a viable option. So I, to my parents' uh, detriment, decided, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to go to college. <laughs> and they were like, well, you have to go to college. I was like, well, I don't have the money and I, I don't want to take out a loan and your guys aren't going to pay for it, so you can't make me, <laughs> you know. So I ended up uh, actually just out of high school. Um, I got a job doing construction and, uh, you know, I worked for San Diego Fence Builders for a while and then um, actually got a hernia on the job there and then ended up getting sort of shysted out of, uh, you know, workers' composition just because uh, I didn't uh, play my cards right and, you know, they're not really on your side. So I ended up kind of uh, following in, you know, another year or so of doing other various construction jobs. I worked for a contractor and then I moved up to Santa Barbara and worked for a sheet metal company and um, was doing, you know, like rain gutter installation and some like light HVAC work and stuff like that. And then winter hit and, you know, it was, this was back in 2003 or four. And, uh, you know, basically it was, it, it, you know, it was a, a La Nina year. So in Santa Barbara, it was just raining a ton. And, you know, when it's raining outside, you're not allowed to be up on a ladder as per OSHA rules, right? So all of the workers for this, you know, sheet metal shop that I worked at typically just got laid off, you know, for the winter and collected unemployment until weather got better so that they could, you know, go back to work daily. So I, you know, took that and, uh, you know, company voluntarily laid me off because uh, I asked them to and then I actually went to a temp agency to find another job and um, I, I actually worked for Raytheon for a few months doing some like Pascal code editing and you know manufacturing circuit boards and some like kind of technical work and stuff uh, but that was only like a three-month contract or something and then ended up getting uh, another temp job for this um, equipment brokerage company in Santa Barbara and they bought and sold like large power equipment, like really large transformers and generators and things like that. And they basically just, you know, were kind of a startup-y sort of environment. And I think they had, you know, five employees or something at the time. And uh, I got a, you know, a contract there to basically just do data entry, which was monotonous and terrible, uh, you know, basically just taking stuff off the paper and inputting into Excel spreadsheets. But um, that first week, you know, I, I'd always, you know, like I said, been kind of a nerdy kid. And, you know, I, my first computer was a 386. I had to learn DOS for because Microsoft Windows wasn't out yet. Oh, and, I you know, it. I was pretty, yeah. I was pretty con computer savvy. And uh, my first week at this, you know, brokerage company, I helped a couple of the people with some of their, you know, computer problems and email problems and stuff like that. And um, they came to me and they're like, hey, you're, you're pretty good with computers. Do you do you know how to build websites? And I didn't, but I said, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, and they're like, cause we need, you know, a webmaster back in the days when, you know, webmaster was a title. And uh, they're like, you know, maybe we could hire you full time and, uh, you know, get you off of this, you know, out of this temp agency. So I basically interviewed there, um, you know, with a couple of people that I'd already been working with for a couple of weeks doing data entry. And at the time um, I was living in, a like a house in this community called Isla Vista, which is just outside of uh, UC Santa Barbara. It's basically like a you know kind of a square mile area where all the college kids live and you know go to the college next door. And I was living there with um, I, you know it was basically like a three bedroom 
um, duplex with, you know, it was me and five other guys. It was two guys per bedroom, which is a total college environment. But yep. one of the uh, the guys in the house there um, was this guy named Austin, who I'm, I'm still friends with actually today. Uh, and, is, you know, I've gotten to know his family. But he was, um, you know, real big into flash design and had won some awards and like, you know, doing some really cool stuff back when Flash was like the thing to do. Yeah, I remember so, those days. You know, those, were, those were very cool. I used to download all the SWF files that I possibly knew because they were oh, so totally. cool. Oh, totally. I probably got yeah. some of Austin's design. Yeah, yeah. and he, you know, he was he won like a Webby and all that stuff back then. And, That's cool. Um, so, you know, I kind of went into the, these series, you know, interviews for a webmaster position knowing in my back pocket I had a buddy that knew how to build websites. So. I ended up getting the job and, you know, went home and talked to Austin. And I was like, hey, uh, I need to learn how to build websites. And he's like, what? Why? And I was like, because I just got a job doing it. <laughs> he was, you know, he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, how did you do that? And I was just like, well, I told him I knew how to build websites. I figured it out later. You know, I don't know. So he gave me one of those, um, you know, like laminated fold out things that they used to sell at like borders with like instructions on basics of, you know, topics. Well, he gave me one of those. I had, I've had those cheat sheets, too. Yeah, he gave me one of those for HTML, and uh, you know I studied that and bought some books, and you know started this job, and and was basically just kind of like deferring work for a couple of weeks until I could learn the skills to actually build a website, you know. And I you know had some experience with Photoshop, so I kind of like designed this really shitty looking. I don't know if we're allowed to. Sorry about that. No, go ahead, uh, go ahead. We I don't <laughs> care anymore. <laughs> Anyway, you know, kind of designed this website that was better than what this company had and built them a website and stuff. And it ended up working out. I got, you know, okay at HTML and CSS and, you know, started managing their website. And then, um, you know, after a couple of months of that, basically, I was, you know, really uh, heavy on just reading, a, you know, a ton of blogs and trying to learn as much as I could. And, you know, I was getting paid for it. I eight hours a day. I'd, three hours of it I'd spend reading blogs on, you know, trying to educate myself. And, um, you know, back then, this whole SEO thing was, was kind of new, and I started seeing some blogs. I saw, um, you know, Michael Gray's old Gray Wolf blog, and uh, that was right also at the time when Rand started, you know, his first blog. So I started reading all this kind of stuff and, and just kind of learning and thinking, you know, oh, this, you know, this seems doable. And, um, you know, basically went to the president of the company and asked him for a budget to you know, try to approach getting him some, you know, leads through SEO because their whole model was basically kind of an old school sales floor thing. And they just had a bunch of guys calling and guys and gals were calling people and, you know, keeping track of equipment that was for sale and then trying to find people that were buying that equipment. And then they were basically, you know, just trying to make commissions off of, oh, when, once they find a buyer, they go buy the thing that they needed and then sell it to them at a markup, you know? So, um, Basically, you know, I built their, you know, like an online database that just basically listed all of these pieces of equipment that they had connections to that they could potentially buy if they found someone, you know, that they could sell it to. And so, you know, integrated like a big database online that ended up getting indexed and, um, you know, the website started ranking for these terms. So you search for you know, GenTech generator model, blah, 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 1800 kilowatts or something like that. And our website would pop up because I, you know, had a page for each one and, and you know, kind of just put it online. And uh, that first month um, that we were live, 
and indexed, um, you know, I got more leads for the company than the entire sales floor, you know, which at that time had grown to like 30 people. Wow. And it kind of turned some heads, you know, and they were like, oh, wow, this really works. And I was like, yeah, I guess it does, <laughs> you know, surprise to me, but oh, wow, this is awesome. So, um, you know, then I, uh, I went to my first conference, which was SES in, uh, I think that was 2006. It was Danny's last SES was the first conference I ever attended and, uh, you know, started meeting some people and then, you know, went back home with a bunch of new knowledge and, you know, kind of this motivation and sparkle in my eye that, oh, wow, there's people out here doing this. This is like a real thing. This could be a, you know, this could be a career path. And so I was then I, you know, I, I convinced uh, my boss at the job to you know, let me basically go in as early as possible and not take a lunch break so that I could go home and, you know, start trying to get my own clients. And um, eventually, you know, I, I took on a couple of partners, um, you know, one guy, uh, this guy, an old friend of mine now named Reinhard, who's, you know, this German guy who was a developer and, you know, knew all the languages then and was just, you know, really intelligent and, you know, had, had been writing code for some time. And, he worked actually for a local ISP in Santa Barbara and, you know, built their systems to, you know, serve internet to all of Santa Barbara. So he was, pretty, you know, much more savvy at internet than I was at the time. So, you know, we basically um, started, you know, soliciting some clients and landed a few clients and I was able to quit my job and, you know, start this agency and went on that full time and uh, built that up to, you know, 10 employees or something like that. And, you know, we were doing pretty good. I mean, we had like 130,000 in billables monthly or something like that. And um, then got connected actually to um, Position Tech, which is still around based out of Chicago um, with, you know, CEO Jim Staub, who's on the board of PubCon and, you know, one of the old hats in, in the internet industry. And, uh, you know, basically he bought out my agency and, um, you know, bought out my office lease and all the furniture that we had and all that stuff. And, um, you know, we merged under his brand and that was where I really kind of, um, you know, my career really took off then because back then still, you know, Yahoo was the, pro you know, prominent search engine and position tech actually used to run all of Yahoo's traffic through it, all their traffic ran through their position tech servers because of, uh, these old products, you know, Search Submit Pro and, and Search Inclusion, which was like a paid organic product that ended up being deprecated uh, because of, you know, a lot of flack that Yahoo got for organic, not actually being organic. Funny how things turn out today with Google and everyone's complaining about ads all over, the, you know, above the full real estate. But um, so, you know, at Position Tech, I had the uh, experience of working with some, you know, really large clients, you know, Staples and Petco and all these, you know, household brands. And, uh, you know, really learned a lot and picked up a lot. And then I, you know, started doing some speaking and stuff like that. And um, then, you know, after a couple of years, it turns out I prefer not to work for other people. So yeah. I, uh, in 2009, went back out on my own under, you know, the brand Hydra Media, which is what I'm doing today. And, um, you know, I, I was really heavy in SEO. You know, my first uh, few years running Hydra Media, I picked up you know, some sizable clients in like the payday loan space and weight loss and gambling and was doing all kinds of that, you know, not so shiny <laughs> vertical <Yeah. laughs> type stuff. And, you know, did that for a long time. And then, um, you know, five or six years ago, as 
Google started getting real volatile, kind of brushed back up on my PPC skills. You know, under Position Tech, I, you know, was AdWords certified and all that and went through all those programs and everything just because I had to kind of know everything because we had, you know, clients that were very large and, you know, I needed to kind of be savvy all around. But, um, you know, after I was back out on my own under Hydra Media, just things took off with the SEO side on the, you know, I got known as one of the guys that does all those shady verticals and that provided plenty of revenue for me. So I was just solely focused on that. But then, uh, you know, five, six years ago, I can't remember exactly when, 2014, 15, um, you know, I was kind of seeing this huge transition in Google and uh, I was like, oh, I think it might be time to brush off those paid skills again. And so now that's, you know, primarily what I'm focused on is, you know, paid search and social and, uh, you know, I still run a client business and um, just now, you know, the, the cool thing is I still do a fair amount of SEO, but it's not, you know, what I'm expected to do. It's just like a bonus to my clients that I'm, I know it really well. So. Uh, it works out, you know, and I just I work from home, you know, this COVID thing really wasn't a change for me in terms of work lifestyle because I've always worked from home, you know, but um, I definitely have to get dressed more often. I can't sit, sit around in my robe because now everyone wants a Zoom call, you know, so, um, but yeah. It doesn't have to be a robe. It could be like a, you know, an undershirt. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, the robe is a little too telling. Yeah, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah, so, you know, I've, I've got t-shirts. I put on a t-shirt when I got to get on a video call, you know. <laughs> yeah, so we don't, we're not on a video call for for anybody listening. Um, <laughs> I can't tell what robe he's really wearing or any robe at all. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That's cool. That's an actually cool, that's an interesting story. I mean, you know, coming from that world and, and learning, like, how people have evolved into this, like, you know, revolved into search marketing, especially because, you know, in in the early like you know 10 15 years ago this was like an evolving period and if you wanted to like do something in web design like you had to be unconventional like i majored in computer science yep. why did i major in computer science because it was the only thing that got me to a, on a computer um but i didn't like i didn't want to code that wasn't my thing i always right, wanted to interact right. with people online <laughs> i loved communicating with people online so what's the closest degree to that maybe psychology so i minored in psychology right maybe sociology oh, so nice. i took a class in sociology as part of my psychology minor but no it was oh, because nice. you know it, it, computer science was the closest thing to do to do that so like your your little foray into web design that brought you into um mar you know searching and marketing uh i mean it, it's 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 cool it's a it's a cool story yeah. Yeah. And, you know, back then I like I, I really wanted to be a web designer. You know, I thought that that was like the cool thing to do. And, you know, I it just I, I never was really, really great at design. And, you know, there was always, you know, like I said, my, my friend Austin had won Webbies and stuff for Flash Design. And he's, you know, still he doesn't do any of that stuff now. But, uh, you know, he's still a better graphic designer than I am. You know, it just turned out that clients wanted to pay me for you know, the marketing side. And I just kind of fell into that. I actually remember a turning point once where I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to be a designer. <laughs> you know, I guess, I guess you got to go where the money is. And, and it ended up working out, but, um, I wouldn't have it any other way now, you know, looking at, um, just the state of, of things today, uh, you know, graphic designers are everywhere, you know, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's some that are, that are, you know, very, very prominent, I guess, and, and then make the big bucks or whatever. But I think it's 
it's a lot easier to to run a successful business in the marketing world than it is to run a successful you know web design business just because it's so much so much web you know and now everything's all template based every, everywhere anyway and um, you know there's not really as big a need for you know some illustrious graphic designer to design your website you know what I mean it's all about the performance yeah. of the website yeah yeah you could you could pull a very nice logo just getting a couple of templates and if not yeah, like you know, like there's sites like Banner Snack and you know Canva. Obviously, the, the, these things right. are beautiful these days. But if not, you always you could always use like 99designs.com. It's hard because like there's there's the highly qualified people out there. I still have a designer who I need to like focus on, but it's it's difficult. Where did I find her? I found her on Fiverr. <laughs> so wow, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, she's she's very very good, and she's actually in New York. So you would think you know Fiverr oh, is like yeah yeah. And she's actually going to be on the podcast in a few weeks. So it's a, awesome. that was to, it was totally random. She emailed me like yesterday saying, oh, I want to be on your podcast. She didn't know I awesome. had it. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm happy to have her. I think it's great. Cool. Yeah. So let's 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 move into the uh, your the story that I don't know. Besides the fact that Kenny has a broken and he's uh, nursing a broken leg right now. <laughs> that might that might tie into some of the challenges that he's dealing with. I, I don't think this is your that's your adversity story. So I think you no. might have one that I don't know. So feel free yeah. to like get vulnerable here because this this sometimes this this and I know I I've thrown it out to you without really giving you that that introduction. But we've had folks like cry on the on the podcast and it's it gets oh, pretty emotional. And I I'm if you're able if you want to be an open book like this by all means, but you don't have to. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, you know, I've had a few, uh, moments of adversity, I, I suppose starting in, you know, I, I, um, I got married at a really young age when I was 21 in 2006 and, um, then subsequently divorced in 2010, which was a, a you know, a pretty challenging time. Um, and, uh, very expensive, uh, endeavor, <laughs> but, uh, you know, after that, I, it was kind of, you know, at 2000, towards the end of 2010, you know, my career was really starting to take off and, uh, you know, I was dealing with this divorce and it was a huge headache and I was just kind of, you know, my head was, was foggy all the time and kind of fell into a little bit of a spiral and, um, you know, ended up on the other end with uh, two children from two other different women that weren't my ex-wife and, you know, that's been its own interesting and colorful, <laughs> colorful story throughout the years. But really the, um, you know, the biggest moment in, uh, was in 2015, um, four days after my 30th birthday, I, uh, suffered a massive heart attack and, um, you know, I actually was, uh, it was a Saturday morning and I was supposed to be heading to Vegas to speak at an affiliate summit, which I was, you know, a regular speaker there for, for a number of years. And, um, <clears throat> I had borrowed, you know, one of my friends had this like, um, kind of like camper van with like a bed in it and stuff that I'd been borrowing, uh, just for fun. And, um, you know, I was supposed to be heading to Vegas and she calls me up and was like, Hey, uh, can I get my van back before you, you know, go to Vegas? And I was like, Oh, sure. So I, you know, I had to get my stuff out of there and I'm like rushing cause I'm supposed to be hopping in a car to Vegas, you know, to get there on time and all that. And, uh. I'm in this van, you know, you could stand up at, well, I could almost, I'm 6'3", I could almost stand up in it, um, and I'm just trying to, like, get stuff out of there, and all of a sudden, it was just like, you know, something came over me, and I, like, broke out into the sweat, 
and you know my arm my left arm went numb and then my right leg went numb and i was just like standing there in this van you know sweating through my jeans like what is going on and you know uh, my girlfriend at the time was like, you know, oh my God, what, what, what is it? Are you okay? And she, you know, had a friend that was a doctor and my, the friend I was borrowing the van from is actually a, you know, a labor and delivery nurse. And, um, you know, I, I, I really didn't know what's going on. I was like, maybe I'm having like a, a panic attack or an anxiety attack or I, I, you know, I don't know what's going on. And, um, you know, after about 45 minutes, ended up, you know, driving to the hospital, which turns out was the wrong thing to do. I always call an ambulance is, is the moral of the story, um, which I, I didn't think of. Well, the reason is because an ambulance can treat you as soon as they get to you, right? And they, they can treat you during the time of travel, you know, so. so yeah, so then you're waiting in the waiting room in the hospital, I see. Right, right. So I get to, you know, get to the hospital and, um, you know, walk up and there's this nurse, you know, the intake nurse and she's like, what's the problem? And I said, I think I'm having a heart attack. And she looks at me and she goes, how old are you? And I was like, well, I just turned 30. And she kind of chuckled and she's like, you're not having a heart attack. And then she, you know, put a blood pressure cuff on me and she's like, oh, you are a bit hypertensive. And I was like, what does that mean? She's like, well, your blood pressure is high, you know, let's do an EKG. And, uh, so, you know, they put me on this table and hooked me up to an EKG machine and they run this EKG and the doctor comes up to me and shoves this EKG in my face while I'm, you know, laying on this table and he goes, did you do cocaine? And still to this day, I've never done cocaine in my life. And, uh, you know, I go, no. And he goes, did you do cocaine? I was like, no, I didn't do cocaine. He's like, are you sure you didn't do cocaine? I was like, doctor, I drink too much and I smoke weed every day, but I've never done cocaine in my life. And he goes, well, you're not having a heart attack. You're having a massive heart attack. He's like, we need to get you into an operating room now. And I just, wow, I guess these people break out into tears. I, I mean, I just, you know, I, I just broke out crying. It was just like, oh. Oh, is this, you know, is this it? And, uh, <clears throat> wow, I didn't really expect to, <laughs> expect to cry to tell the story, but. Um, oh, there you go. There you go. There it is. There it is. All right. I don't you know, want to interrupt was, that. Um, I, I can't, I can't ruin that moment. Are you, I, I would was, give you, a, we, we got like, we're, we're as far as can be because you're in California and I'm like, you know, the other side right. of the other tip of, of the country. <laughs> But I'd give you my virtual my virtual hug is 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 completely there. It's a nice warm. Oh, hug. Yeah. And uh, anyway, you know, I just remember and and um, at you know at the time, so in Santa Barbara, there's a a um, a little town just north, you know, that's basically part of Santa Barbara was called Galita. And I was you know I, the Galita Hospital was the closest one because um, that's where my friend with the van lived, and. Um, you know, they're like, oh, we need to get you to Cottage Hospital in Santa Barbara now. So, you know, they, they put me in an ambulance and drove me down there. And uh, in the ambulance, you know, they were, they'd given me a bunch of morphine and a bunch of uh, um, nitros, you know, basically, which like open up your vascularity and stuff like that. And, you know, after, I, I think they give me like, you know, they put an IV in me and they give me, I think like four doses of morphine or something. And, um, you know, the EMT in the back of the ambulance with me is like, you know, how do you feel? And I was like, well, I feel really high, but it's hurting a lot still. He's like, 
okay, I don't, I don't think you need any more morphine. I don't think that's going to help, you know. And, um, you know, I just remember uh, getting rolled out of the ambulance, um, you know, and it's, it was, even though, you know, this was in January, my birthday's in January, um, but it was like 75 degrees out and sunny, and I remember just, you know, getting pulled out of this ambulance and, you know, in broad daylight, and I see, you know, my friend Cheryl and, uh, you know, my ex-girlfriend there, and I just, you know, was like, please call my mom, you know? Yeah, scary. <clears throat> and, uh... That was, you know, that was the last thing I remember um, until, you know, I don't, I don't even know how much time had passed when I woke up on the operating table because um, they were defibrillating me. And uh, that's terrifying. Was that after? You know, or it wasn't after. That was before. It was during the surgery. Um, they were operating on me, and um, you know, I was awakened, I think the third or fourth time they defibrillated me and I, you know, it woke me up and then they did it again and I sat up and they're like, lay down. And I was like, stop doing this to me. And they're like, I was like, this hurts. And they're like, yeah, but you need it. Lay down, you know? And they ended up defibrillating me 10 times. And it was actually funny after, you know, the nurses that were there during the operation came in and visit me the day after in ICU. and were laughing because they were just like, you were hilarious. They're like, you were telling us to fucking stop. You know, they're, and, and they're like, no, you need it. And I was just like cursing at them like, well, fucking let me sleep. And they're like, no, that's what we don't want, you know. And uh, it was scary. You know, it was very scary. And, um, you know, still to this day, I'm on, uh, you know, blood thinners and a, a number of prescription medications for my heart. And, it's always a shock, you know, when I moved to LA, I had to get a new cardiologist and, you know, I'm always the odd man out in the cardiologist's office because it's me and a bunch of old people, you know, and uh, I don't know, that time, you know, it was just, it was, it was really, uh, you know, it was really eye-opening and, um, you know, as I'd mentioned, I've, you know, had a number of other issues with, um, you know, the other yeah, mothers of my children and you know there's been a lot of struggle and, and strife with that whole situation over the years and um you know after the heart attack it really just kind of opened my eyes like you know there's really just no reason to be upset in life you know really you got to really just enjoy every time you have and uh and it's funny because a lot of people it, think it changed it's my outlook you know yeah, yeah yeah and a lot of people think it's cliche but like you it's it's hard to it's hard to you know identify with that until you actually get in that moment you know and yeah, then like, absolutely. like i mean i have never had i mean i might have had but like you know I, and, and i don't it's it's more fleeting but obviously when you have it like it's a prolonged thing you know i'm happy you're here i will say that um but <laughs> like too. you know like it, it, like when it's a prolonged when you really have had like you had to endure like something like this where it's like really like a near-death situation like yeah. you need it you don't want it you want it, you know like right it, it, it really it like that's where you get your like your 180 degree perspective i think everybody recognizes but no no one ever embraces it until they get to that moment like there's always some sort right. of turning point some light switch for some sort of change catalyst for change in our lives and i mean you know, it's it's just it's hard it's hard to like get in that those shoes from like you know the outsider perspective of not having to, you know, live through a, a heart attack in there in in 
in, I, mean, I don't want to say in their 30s you're like you're like late yeah. 29s <laughs> like 20s you know right you know yeah. like that's a like a perspective that people don't really have and it's it's so important it's so important i don't i don't know how to i i wish i could emphasize that for you but like i have to like it's also like get in that mind you know and you, you see like yet last night well, i think one of our mutual friends like tweeted you know i just got bad news please hold your friend family and friends tight and we always do but like you know an hour later you forget that you got that news and it's just like right but you know right, right. this is something i wish there's a way to like hammer it into your minds i don't know yeah it was, it was you know and 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 Thankfully, you know, I made it out the other end, uh, and and um, I was lucky also just because. So you know, basically the condition. You know, I was I was healthy and I had gone through you know a severe weight loss thing a couple of years before this, and you know had been exercising and dieting, and you know I was a healthy, you know, thirty year old. Um, and it turns out I had um, a very rare. Uh, genetic, genetic condition, condition that had gone undiscovered, um, and what they, you know, the best that they can uh, figure out, or what, you know, the cardiologist, you know, and I was I was lucky to have sorted out after the fact um, that you know it was likely that there was I had a disease called Kawasaki's when I was a child, um, that kind of, and uh, apparently in like you know less than one percent of uh, cases. Kawasaki's affects, um, you know, the arteries in your heart. So I actually had, you know, an aneurysm in my heart, which, uh, you know, after however many years, allowed a blood clot to form, which forces massive heart attack. And um, I was fortunate because that day, the cardiologist on call was, you know, Dr. Watson, Thomas Watson, I'll never forget him. Um, you know, he was the head of the Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara Cardiovascular Group, basically the most veteran cardiologist in all of Santa Barbara, who had a very illustrious career and actually retired a couple of years ago. Um, and, you know, the next day, uh, Dr. Watson was off and his partner came in who was, um, you know, easily 15 or 20 years his senior or his junior. Um, and he came in to visit me and he said, I want you to understand how lucky you are because uh, basically the surgery that they performed um, to save my life, uh, the technology had only been developed three years prior. And this, you know, the other cardiologist came in and he said, you know, I, I want you to understand how lucky you were that Dr. Watson was on call yesterday because I don't think myself or any of the other cardiologists could have performed that surgery and executed it. It was a very difficult and very long surgery. Um, so I was, you know, lucked out to have the most senior cardiologist operate on me and save my life, you know. And uh, just, you know, I remember actually um, talking to actually the, um, you know, dad of uh, my friend Austin, who I talked about earlier. His name's Dave. He's a, a grandmaster, a ninth-degree black belt in Hapkido, one of you know a handful of them in the world. And he's always been kind of a mentor to me. And you know, he and I, when I lived in Santa Barbara, we used to have lunch, you know, every couple of weeks, and just kind of, you know, he was like one of my kind of coach figures um, in my, you know, throughout my twenties. And uh, you know, I remember talking to him and telling him, you know, wow, how lucky I was that. Um, you know, this cardiologist was there and everything worked out and I made it through. And he's like, 
Yeah, he's like, it washes out because you were unlucky for that to happen to you in the first place. You know, and I was like, okay, that's fair. You know, <laughs> but um, you know, it really was a a, a a pivotal moment, and and really, you know, after that, just every other problem I had uh, in my life, you know, either relationally or financially or whatever, just kind of went out the window and it's just like, oh, well, you know, it'll work out or it won't and it's not going to kill me. So it doesn't really matter. You know, I just got to, got to do what I got to do. And, and, uh, you know, don't sweat the small stuff, you know, and, and everything's small except for life and death. You know what I mean? And, uh, I think that's really, you know, it's helped me. I, I've, um, you know, I've, I've had a, a fairly successful career. Um, of course, just like any other, you know, know self-employed entrepreneurial type person, there's ups and downs to, you know, career work and, and finances and all that stuff. And, um, you know, there's been times when I was extremely stressed out about money or, you know, a bad relationship or something like that. And, um, you know, that moment just really kind of took all of those stresses away from me, you know, and I really, there's not a problem that can't be worked out. And, you know what, if you go broke, who cares? You know what I mean? Turns out, um, you know, I've got a, a great group of uh, friends and family that support me and have for many, many years. And, you know, all of the uh, all the details, they either work out or they don't, and you do something else, you know what I mean? As long as, uh, as, long as you have your health, and as long as you have your, you know, your support group of, you know, friends and family, um, there's really nothing that you can't, you know, tackle in life. Yeah, everything happens for a reason, and truth of the matter is, it's probably to make you stronger. Um, but I, I hear you, and and that's not something you need to have a near death situation to kind of appreciate, like in terms of like, yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. And yeah, I mean, I, I've been through the same thing. You know, sometimes financially, I'm struggling. Like right now, I need to buy a new boiler, and I also have a sewage issue. So it's Ooh. like, yeah. And then you think about putting sending four kids to school, and like all of a sudden, like, oh crap, that's right. my annual salary. <laughs> and then yeah. I'm like, you know, um, it's hard. It's hard to kind of you know work through that. But at the end of the day, my faith that that everything's going to work out in the end. And it's it's while there is still that element of stress, it's like not something you can completely eliminate. It's like it's a matter of trust, and I mean, you're here, and you're kind of like, you know, you're you're, you're proof that 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 this actually, it 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 that perspective, it works, I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So I know I know we talked about um, all of these things, and we talked about how you're like nursing a broken foot, and should you have not been nurse, nursing a broken foot, you talked about how you were like doing exercise and weight loss and all those things. I don't know what your what, especially with COVID and everything else, what your uh, what you're dealing with in your self-care regimen, but tell me a little bit about that if you can. Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, back in, I mean, you know, maybe I, think, I guess 2011, um, you know, far before the heart attack, <clears throat> I had actually, um, <laughs> I had seen some pictures posted of me at a conference that I was at, um, and I remember thinking, oh, I need, I need to lose, to lose weight. weight. Like, like I didn't, I didn't realize, realize that I, I was getting fat, fat, you know, and you know, I'm six three, so it's easy to hide because I'm a big guy anyway. But, um, <clears throat> you know, at six three, I'd gotten up to like 240 pounds or something like that. And then kind of had a wake up call just by seeing a picture someone else had taken of me in an unflattering angle and <clears throat> went on a real serious, you know, kind of, um, health kick. And, 
you know, read Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Body and like went all in on that diet and everything, and um, you know, lost 40 pounds. And uh, <clears throat> you know, then kind of uh, hemmed and hawed a little bit, you know, kind of yo-yoed a bit, um, you know, several years after that. And then um, <clears throat> really, you know, when I moved to LA, uh, which was at the beginning of 2015, um, LA, you know, you either love or hate LA. And um, I always, you know, I grew up hating LA because I was, you know, from San Diego and living in Santa Barbara. So my, you know, the vast majority of my experience of LA was just sitting through traffic to get from one place to the other. Right. Uh, but after mo having moved here, um, that, you know, and being a person who works from home and I live downtown, there's a grocery store in my building, you know, I don't, I don't have to go anywhere really to, to live my life. It's a, you know, LA is a great place when you don't have to deal with traffic. And one of the other um, things that has kind of been beneficial for me from an LA perspective here is it's a, you know, let's call it what it is. It's a pretty vain city, but uh, it, you know, kind of forced me to care even more about, you know, my, my health and, and physical appearance really. And, um, so I got, you know, back into working out and going to the gym and then, um, after years and years of, of friends of mine who were yoga instructors and, and yoga fanatics telling me, Oh, Kenny, you got to try yoga. You'd love yoga because I'm, you know, I'm a, a pretty flexible person just naturally, um, ended up getting into yoga and loved it. And, um, you know, started, I signed up at a studio and started doing that and kind of like combining, you know, gym sessions with yoga and then um you know a couple of my friends are you know certified nutritionists so a few years back i like did a full-on you know expose and recorded my you know everything i put in my mouth for two weeks and got a lot of feedback on all of that stuff and you know just got really focused on you know the health and wellness thing and i also have a couple of my really really close friends are um you know personal trainers and you know just giant beasts of men <laughs> who have put, you know, lots and lots of time into uh, developing their bodies. But, you know, it's, it was really kind of motivating. And, and for me, it's, uh, you know, it's been really helpful just to be surrounded by a bunch of other health freaks, you know what I mean? And um, it helps. It's, it's all about community. And I found the absolutely. same thing. I, I've actually kind of fallen out of the community this like for the last month. And I think I'm seeing it in my the results for me. I'm still focused on working out every single day. But I haven't, like, when I say working out, I'm walking on the treadmill for, like, 45 minutes versus, like, I'd be on the treadmill for 20 minutes, and then I'd be doing, like, an hour workout, and then right, doing right, this right. and that. Like, I'm, 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 I, I don't want to, like, lose that momentum because we only have nine more days left of the year. Right. But at the same time, I lost the momentum. <laughs> I need well, to this year, I think everyone has, you know. It's yeah, just but. Hard, you know, you it, know it, it, gyms have been closed here in L.A. It's, it's like, like, you know. Fortunately, you know, my girlfriend has like a couple of, you know, 25 pound, you know, adjustable dumbbells, which isn't, you know, isn't really enough to do, you know, a strength workout for a person my size. But at least, you know, trying to keep some motivation to stay at home and do push ups and, you know, do some jumping jacks. And actually, uh, you know, one of my friends rented us a stationary bike for a while. Because one of the gyms, uh, you know, gym owners that he's connected to, you know, had to shut down his gym, so he was renting out equipment. Unfortunately, the gym owner, you know, he wanted it back, so I reluctantly had to give him back this stationary bike, which the, you know, gym owner ended up regretting because he still doesn't have any revenue source. I mean, there was a there was a brief moment for like a month um, 
in like August, July, where gyms were starting to open up here again, and then you know that lasted like three weeks, and then LA was like, nope, oh, you got, oh everyone has to close again. So it's you know I think this year has been really challenging for everyone, and um, you know it, it's hard to have you know I, I see a lot of our mutual friends and stuff have you know they've built these home gyms and stuff, but if you had if you haven't done that before 2020, you're kind of SOL because. You know, you know, dumbbells on Amazon were going for like 900 bucks a piece. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not affordable. No one can build a home gym when a dumbbell costs $900. You know what I mean? And you need two dumbbells, you know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little bit of a, of a story that I did. I, I ended up buying um, a pallet of uh, stuff from China. First time ever. I, I went oh, really? Like, yeah. I, I, I did it. I still am still trying to make my money back. Um, part of the problem was that I ordered like 1,200 kilograms of stuff, but... I don't think I got all twelve hundred. I'm missing. I'm uh, missing. I'm missing what the equivalent of I think a hundred and seventy pounds of stuff. It's it, whatever it is. It's 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 actually no. It's 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 about one one seventh of what what's missing. Uh, and and I don't know who to like. This is my first experience of buying from China, so I don't know who to put the blame on. Like they 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 right, made right. it when it was there. The the pallet was twelve hundred, twelve hundred, twelve hundred, and then when it gets off the truck. I don't have everything that I that I asked for. So, uh, and I, I told the truck company, they're like, "Whoa, she saw everything." Like, I don't know. I, I think there was theft on that side. But yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning that part. But I, I have I have dumbbells. I just don't have anything more than twenty five either. <laughs> yeah, I, I do yeah, have lots of fives and tens because apparently nobody wanted that, even though everybody wanted that in the beginning. So I'm still right. trying to get <laughs> talk about those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and well, you, know, you know, cost of shipping, shipping when you, when, when you're, you're literally, literally just shipping, shipping weight, weight is, is prohibitive, prohibitive, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, right. So I can't, not, I have to do a local. I have them on Facebook right, Marketplace. Right, and, right. Exactly. I mean, but, but I will tell you, if you were to buy from me, you're not going to pay $900. You'll pay $800. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, savings. <laughs> yeah, I know. You'll get, you got a hundred dollars off. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just yeah, been, it's you know, it's, it's kind of disheartening, but, um, you know, just keeping the mindset that, you know, you know, this is this, this isn't going to last forever. Things are going to open up again eventually. And, you know, I, I really miss going, you know, I, one of my favorite things, uh, in a, you know, became, ended up becoming, you know, just hot yoga. I was doing these hot yoga classes and they're, you know, they're so great because, you know, you just end up dressed, dressed and sweat and it's just, you know, it's good music and it's dark and it's, you know, you're not only getting, you know, kind of, peacefulness and mindfulness, but also just a, you know, a rigorous exercise and, and stretching and all that sort of stuff. But now, you know, there's, there's some programs, um, there's actually, there's this, uh, you know, high intensity interval training, uh, course thing here called F45, which I think is. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I was actually doing F45. That was the last gym class I took before. COVID. So they, you know, there's an F45. I, I live in a, uh, you know, a big, um, multi-purpose complex in downtown LA and there's an F45 here in the building, uh, and they're doing, you know, they're doing workouts outdoors. The problem for me is I, you know, I can't really do HIIT training with my heart now. You know, I, I, I took a couple other classes and I just, you know, I, I, I lost a third of my heart tissue. So uh, I don't have a full capacity heart and I'm on blood thinners and, you know, all these other things. So, you know, HIIT training just doesn't really work for me. But, um, you know, you know yoga, yoga is the whole thing about hot yoga. You got to be in inside. You got to be in a studio, and you're breathing. It's all about breathing. You know what I mean? So that's out the window until who knows when. You know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, okay, but someday we'll we'll get back there someday. You know, and and just there's 
There's hope that, uh, you know, everyone will be it back. It will. It will. There's vaccinations. My father got vaccinated right, right. already because he's a physician. Oh, beautiful. People, nice. Yeah, so, I mean, it, we're slowly easing to that. It's going to happen. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I, believe I believe so, too. So too. Yeah. We got it. We got it. Like you said, you know, 2021 might be, quote, unquote, symbolic, if you will. Like I said that. But I think I think we're going to see by the end of the year, uh, hopefully some resuming of the normal, the things that we're used to. Although for me, I don't know if I'm ever going to be ready to go back to the gym. I set up such a nice home gym. It, it's not, I'm not working at the same high capacity level, but I also don't think like I can work out as strongly as I did before. I, I think that my having had COVID, I think that my, like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm hitting like, you know, my hundred percent that I used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Medicinally, nobody sees that. Maybe it's all in my head, but um, but I don't like. I've been running slower, and trust me, I don't. I'm not doing that willingly. So I don't know what it is. <laughs> maybe it well, is. you know, maybe I am doing it. I, I, think, I think who knows? You know, there's so much, so much, so much that we don't know, know about yeah. you know all of this whole virus and everything. But, but um, you know. Yeah. It's, Good for you still actually doing it you know what i mean it's like i i, I was doing pretty well here until you know this recent injury with my foot i can't really uh do anything uh but you know trying to still get in you know three or four workouts a week i you know i feel pretty good about myself it's just and i you know i have there's a gym here in my building that's like part of the community it's just closed you know they they shut it down so it's not like i was paying for a gym membership somewhere i you know part of where i live that's part of the amenity it's just it's still closed you know i can't go it's right downstairs and i can't go to it you know what i mean yeah that's Doors so are annoying up. yeah yeah i mean i i was a member of an f like i was i was trialing out the f45 it literally had opened on february i think 29th and March 2nd, Mike, was the day, March, whatever it was, March 3rd was the day we shut down. <laughs> so, like, I went to, like, that was the last thing I went to. Uh, so yeah, it yeah. totally sucks. Did Orange Theory. I did Planet Fitness. Uh, and I shut, I closed my Planet Fitness membership, and Orange Theory is, is on the fence right now. And F45, because it was a trial, they never really opened me up. I just feel right, so bad. Right. You know, these guys are, like, the Orange Theory was also, had just opened in, in November of last year. Yeah. Um, and I got an email that congratulations on your one year. I'm like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks it for the so thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. So we'll get there. We'll get there. So um, let me let me let me do some. I'm gonna offer you uh, the last question. No preparation for this one. Uh, it's the moment of reflection. But if you, it's it's the common sense question from the Common Sense Podcast. If you were to give an earlier version of Kenny some piece of advice, what would you tell him? I would I tell, tell him, him uh, take, take more, more responsibility, responsibility for your actions. actions. I think, I think um, you know, I, 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 a lot of people in our industry have seen a lot of success and a lot of it happened really quickly. Um, because, um, because the nature, the nature of, a of a budding industry, industry is that, that there's got to have to be people that fill all the spots, spots and, and these are spots that have never been there before. And I was, you know, kind of in that, you know, fortunate, uh, time frame of getting into search marketing when search marketing was taking off. And, um, you know, there was a time in my early twenties where I was making so much more money than I'm making today. And I, you know, 
thought, oh, this is great, and it'll never stop. It's only going to get better, you know, and that's that's just not true. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't very responsible. I'm terrible at managing money. I'm great at spending it, you know. And just, you know, really, it's kind of interesting because – at the, At same the same time, time I contradict myself, myself because, because I, I, I wish, wish that I had been more, you know, prudent, prudent and, and frugal, frugal and, and, you know, forward, forward thinking, thinking and, and, and more of a, more of a you, know, you know, a squirrel, a squirrel and planner, planner, you know. But at the same time, truth is, you know, it was a it was a very real scenario that I could have died in 2015. And, you know, if I died without, you know, being an asshole of a spender, you know, then what's the point of dying with a bunch of money, you know, when you're 30? <laughs> like, I'm glad to have, you know, gone through a lot of really crazy and awesome experiences that a lot of people don't get to do. Um, but, you know, there's, there's, there is a balance where, you know, live your life and, and enjoy things and, you know, do what you want, but within, you know, do it within your means, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, for yeah, example, for there was a time I, you know, um, when I was 25, I, you know, was going through a divorce and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I bought a convertible Porsche and was just kind of living it up. And, you know, turns out uh, I was it was a beautiful car and a, and a really great, you know, it was a really great experience and all that sort of stuff. But I was paying, you know, a thousand dollars a month car payment. And at the end of the year, I was. I'd only driven 2,000 miles that year. And wow. it's like, <laughs> what's, why am I, why am I spending so much money for a car that I don't ever really drive? You know, I, I work from home. I don't commute. I don't, you know, basically it was just kind of driving around town and, and a few trips to Vegas a year. You know what I mean? It's just like, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like, eh, and I, you know, it's not like I was a millionaire, you know? Yeah. If, you, if, you, if I could, if I could have bought it cash and, you know, not worried about it, maybe that's a different story. But, you know, I just wasn't, I was living beyond my means to an extent. It's not that I couldn't afford the car at the time. It's just that I shouldn't have afforded the car at the time, you know, and a lot of other kind of similar experiences that I've gone through with things like that. But, you know, hey, if I had died at 30, you know, at least I would have died having lived a really fast life. You know what I mean? But uh, now I have a lot more hope for, you know, living much longer into the future and, uh, you know, just kind of being mindful of that and, uh, you know, live your life, but, you know, drink responsibly. I get it. No, I get it. Listen, you need to talk to my husband. He loves, he wants to get every car. I want this car. I want this car. You know, the only thing I want is a Tesla. I do have a goal, a life goal for a Tesla. Like, you know, because and, and I don't even know which one, but we want one, we want the one that has like free charging everywhere. <laughs> apparently yeah, they yeah, don't have yeah, that anymore. Yeah. So so that's that's why it's, it's apparently a rare breed. But uh, that is like I said, I have I have a sewage issue and a boiler issue. It's not cheap. Uh, getting a boiler ain't cheap. It's like a three thousand oh, dollar product, which would be a little more palatable <laughs> until you realize that you're like tacking on like eleven thousand dollars of like labor on top of that. It's just like, oh, are goodness. you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah. tax and permits and all the. Uh, it's just you know. Next thing you know, you're paying like thirty thousand dollars for a minor, not even an aesthetic repair. 
that's right. not even right. additive. It's just a, to replace just a necessi necessity. Yeah. 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 Cause right now we don't have hot water. We don't have heat. Like we have, Oof. Oof. Yeah. yeah. And it's snowing there. there. Oh no. And so <laughs> it snowed, it snowed on Thursday and we've been, uh, I, yeah, we, we, we have, we've been relatively cold. The kids are sleeping in one where we have like a lot of our neighbors came and provided us with heaters cause we can't go sleep anywhere else. It's COVID. So the kids right, are sleeping right. all in the same room, which is a little crazy because, you know, they're all like different ages. And one of them is like in quarantine. He didn't he tested negative, but he had to be in quarantine because his teacher tested positive. Oh, and man, yeah. it's just it's just it's just COVID. like it's it's hashtag life in 2020. Yeah, uh, crazy times. But, and fortunately, my children don't need hot showers, but I do. So I had to go to a neighbor's uh, and it's been a it's been fun. I, you know, I also have to figure out how to. You know, I can't shower every single day anymore, which, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what it is. I'm not, I'm not going to my neighbor's house every single day. You have to, right. you have to right. do that. It's an imposition. So, right, right. whatever, whatever. I'm also trying to keep myself. That's also why I can't break too many sweats. <laughs> Maybe, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, I've been so diligent about, like, really, like, I even have a goal every single day, a daily goal of breaking the sweat. But I, I stopped doing that in the beginning of the month. And I'm like, why? Why am I falling off the wagon? I'm like, oh, it must have been because it was a prepar It was mental preparation for this because I don't uh, think I would have been able to account for for that mentally. But yeah. Anyway, um, where can I? Where can people find you online? Um, you know, I, I don't have a, a real active presence. I'm on Twitter at uh, Kenny Hyder, H Y D E R. Um, I'm on Instagram under the same handle. I have a website that's actually been neglected for years and is actually, I'm hoping to relaunch. I, I have a, um, I'm in the process of a redesign and I hope to uh, kind of pick up my writing again um, in 2021. But, uh, you know, don't go there now. The site's broken, just like, you know, cobbler's kids, right? But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Kenny, at Kenny Hyder everywhere. So, you know, if you're interested in finding me, uh, just search. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kenny. It's been really a lot of fun. And I Likewise. can't wait to to share this with the world. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, has uh, been great. I, uh, you know, yeah. pulled some tears out of you there. That's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. This is, a, this is a good hybrid of like, you know, my past life and my current life, you know, to really yeah. kind of yeah. get into that. So I like, it. I like it. Sweet. Awesome. All right. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time.